The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So the Browns delivered us two lumps of coal for Christmas, but I'm not going to cry about it. Here's why. Nick Chubb, happy birthday, by the way. The D can hold its own, and no matter who's in there, we're competitive. So tell us what happened on Christmas Day. 2-0 to go. Woo, woo, woo. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles and Josh All. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Dogs. If you'd like to get your intro on the show, head to thedogspodcast.com, tap leave voicemail on the drop down menu. Thanks to Kenny Mack, as always, for another awesome intro. Uh, as you can see, we got Zach back in the yeah, house today. All right. Good to see Zachary here. <laughs> Justin, you know, one day we're going to get us all four back in again. Uh, but at least we were able to get Zach today. Right. Um, Browns, tough to feed on Christmas Day. Uh, but as Kenny Mack said, there's still slight glimmer of hope before we get into everything though remember to check us out on facebook instagram and twitter you can also find us on tiktok um, we're on youtube if you're watching on youtube please like and subscribe make sure you tap the uh, notification bell so you never miss a new episode uh you can also find us on apple spotify google if you prefer to just listen lastly if you want to be uh, a member of the dog pack our patreon page you need some more content head to join the dogs.com become an official dog pack member on our patreon page the fantasy seasons are wrapping up i'm happy to say that a dog from each league made it to the championship so we represented ourselves well um, in both of those fantasy leagues and it's good for the people they're playing too because now winner losing the championship those guys are getting uh they're getting dogs merch. Congratulations. Right. Yeah, so good for them. And just big shout out to the Patreon in general. They made this football season super fun. It's not over yet. Um, but, you know, trust about 200 text messages a day, nonstop football, 24-7. If you want to talk football pretty much all the time, join the Patreon page. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. So this, this season's been up and down, and there's been some brutal moments. But I, that, having that community to turn to is really it's been good for us. Yeah, it's yeah. therapeutic at times. Yes. At other times, we want to kill each other, but it's pretty much just sports <laughs> fandom. So check it out. Join the dogs.com. It's a ton of fun. Become an official dog pack member on the Patreon page. So, like I mentioned in the open, Browns suffer another tough defeat 24 22 at the hands of the Packers on Christmas Day. Um, no Christmas miracle for us. It's crazy. The last two losses have been by a combined four points for the Browns. It's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a game of inches. Yeah. Um, sucks real bad. The only reason, you know, I'm much less depressed after this game, uh, than I was last week though, basically for the, the reason of, uh, well, one, I expected us to lose this game. Yeah. Uh, two, <laughs> I don't know if I could have been more depressed than I was after last week's loss. And then three, after last week's loss, I thought the season was essentially over and, we just lost two in a row and somehow are still very much alive to win the AFC North. Um, it's very crazy. So I, I'm still hopeful despite just the constant kick in the nads this season has been. <laughs> yep. um, but let's go ahead and dive into this game. The, uh, once again, the defense comes in huge, holds it, it holds an offense that was has been pretty much dominating everybody to 24 points. Um, they didn't do anything in the second half. Three points in the second half. I think. What'd you have, Zach? You still got it pulled up. Uh, let me see. Yeah, it was uh, three points. So three points in the second half. They didn't even hardly run any plays in the second half. No, it was. I tell you what, that our defense 
it just keeps doing it. We we kept playing Devontae Adams single coverage in the red zone in the first half. The first half was and not it, so good. It made yeah. no sense. But then it was good to see. It's like they went into halftime and they looked at the film on their surface and they were like, wait, this is stupid. Yeah. Why are we doing it like this? And then they came out in the second half and, and switched some things up. And I mean, we I mean, we shut them down. It, get, it was the only reason we even had a chance in this game was because of the defense. Yeah, they went so... It was 21-12 at halftime, and then they got the ball coming out of the half and went on an 11-play, 76-yard drive to get a field goal, which felt like a win because it was almost like they get a touchdown here. It's definitely over. It's definitely over. So we defense stepped up, and then they had one, two, three, four more drives the rest of the game, three playing out, three playing out, five playing out, and then to end the game. So, I mean, defense did their job in the second half. First half, I don't know what we were doing with the Devontae Adams thing. Um, and I think we had, like, count on him at one point. In the, and, like, you could even see it happen. Like, as somebody who's kind of watched fantasy-wise of Devontae Adams, you could almost tell, oh, he's single-covered in the slot on a backup or a rookie safety. That's probably who Aaron Rodgers is going to go to. Well, and in the first half, I kept thinking – they kind of do this to everybody except for like maybe Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. So I wasn't too perturbed, but I was like, can we make this maybe just a tiny bit tougher on them? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> can we make it not so elementary for this guy? And then the second half we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all game long too. Um, defensively, we shut down the run game. I mean, Aaron Jones is having a pretty good season. And then so is AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon. Yep. You know, to hold those guys, I mean, they ended up having a decent average, but get only giving up 109 yards, I think, total, because I think Alan Lazard had like a 13 or 14-yard carry, something like that. But holding them to those numbers is a win, you know, most weeks. Well, I, I will say this. It kind of reminds me, so they had 12 carries for Aaron Jones, only nine carries for A.J. Dillon. Um and you would think like their fans are probably going, we should have been running the ball. We were, but it's kind of like what happens to the Browns when if you try to run it on first down and you don't get anything, you're you're probably not going to run it again on second and long. Right. right. You know what I mean? So then all of a sudden you, at the end of the game, you realize my top two backs only had 21 carries. 12, uh, if my math is right. Yeah, 21. And it's, it's kind of like the same thing that happens to the Browns when people are like chubbing and getting near enough carries. Well, you're probably not going to run it on second and 12. Mm-hmm. So defense did another great job. Um, it was nice to have some people back. MJ Stewart can't cover anybody, but man, he, he plays hard and he tackles. I, I was going to say, he's definitely not your, uh, your starter material or anything like that, but I think for stepping up in a tough spot these last few weeks, he's been okay. He, he's the type of guy that for me, if you were going up against the Browns, and he was on your defense, he'd be a guy that'd be like a playmaker that's like against a run-heavy team that's not afraid to step up mm-hmm. and make that tackle on like a running... Because there was one play, A.J. Dillon's a big dude, and I think he caught like a swing pass towards the sideline, and it was for a short game. M.J. Stewart knocked him on his rear end. I mean, he. I mean, and you don't, you don't see that much from a safety. So I, I agree. Last year... We talked about MJ Stewart a lot for yes. some bad things, and I'll give him credit. He, I mean, he played well, well enough that it wasn't like, oh my gosh, MJ Stewart's on the field, we're gonna get killed. So I watched a lot of, I watched the Packers Ravens game last week, and our friend Robert Jackson still just giving up touchdown catches. <laughs> okay, and like they were talking about, I'm like, oh, Robert Jackson just see, I'm like, we've seen this before. Uh, MJ Stewart has bounced back this, and we saw glimpses last year where he was definitely the better of those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a reason why he was back and Robert Jackson wasn't. But he he's made he's made strides this year. He kind of gives me Buster Screen vibes. I don't know if mm. you guys remember. Oh yeah, Buster. So, Buster Screen, when he was first in Cleveland, I thought this is the worst defensive back in the history of professional football. Yeah, ended up having a nice career even <laughs> after still playing. Cleveland. Yep. And then his very, ne- I was like, there's no way this guy should be on the team next year. And then they brought him back, and I was like, oh my God. And he was like a great defensive yeah. back for us. And then we let him go. And he went on to play on some pretty good defenses, and he's still in the league playing. Um, so good for MJ Stewart. It was nice to have Anthony Walker back. Uh, nine total tackles. JOK obviously had another good game. Greedy Williams. 
I just like Greedy this year. I'm so pumped for him coming back and again played another full game again, still healthy. Um, I just don't think you can say enough about the Browns defense, especially with uh, no Clowney going up against a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah. Miles played. I mean, Miles was non-existent. Played. <laughs> Uh, with, you know, the groin problem. I'm honestly surprised he played. He had one tackle. I don't even know how many, I don't even know how many plays he played. Do we have that or no? Uh, let me look. <laughs> he, he was, I think at one point you texted and said, is miles even on the field or has his name even been mentioned? Yeah, that's what I asked you. And it's one of those things, I guess, you know, we talked about this earlier in the season when Baker was a little bit more banged up and it was, if you're out there, you got to perform. I, if Miles is out there, I need more than one tackle. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially with Clowney not being there, if you're going to take up a spot on the defense, you gotta, you got to do something. Now, the only thing I will say is the argument for um, that is, I guess, like uh, 60% Miles Garrett is probably still better than whoever our fifth defensive end is. Yeah, I'll give you that. Because we didn't Clowney have a lot was of depth out. to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. So that, I guess that's the counter argument. But one tap, I mean, I guess that's only two less than he's had the last couple of games. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not like he's you know what that I mean? much lower. You know what I mean? So it's just, you. I thought if he was going to be out there, we, he would at least make his presence felt a little bit more. I think that growing's a problem. I really do think it is. I think yeah. if there, I think I wouldn't be shocked if the Bengals come out and somehow and beat KC, and which would eliminate us. I would be shocked if Miles plays on Monday. I think the only reason he's still playing is because we got something to play for. Yeah, and and I guess you're right because we don't play till Monday, so we'll know. We'll know if our game Monday is for a chance for the basically the division championship, or if we're just playing for pride. Yep. So let's just hope. Let's hope. I've never been a bigger Kansas City fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's that's kind of the good of the game. I think we we touched on that. Well, I mean, and then if we shift sides to the offensive side of the ball, Nick Chubb had another a great game. Seventeen carries, one hundred twenty six yards, seven point four yards per carry. Uh, Dearness Johnson four carries, fifty eight yards, fourteen and a half yards per carry. We ran the ball twenty five times for two hundred and nineteen uh, yards. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad day at the office running the ball. No, especially when you look at what was the average? Our average? 8.8 yards per carry total if you count Schwartz's two runs and Baker's two runs. Yep. Yep. Oh, very good. So I think, you know, and it kind of sounds like we're going to be beating a dead horse here, but then how did. So if you're, if you didn't watch the game, you're new to football <laughs> and you're listening into this podcast, you're going, Browns must have won this game. Nope, we lost. <laughs> <laughs> and why did we lose? We lost because they scored 21 of their 24 points off of three Baker Mayfield interceptions. And won the game at the end on a fourth. Yes. And potential. I mean, there was littered throughout the game other dropped. I mean, he was flirting with seven. Was it yes. seven? Yes. I know it was at least six. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> I, when it, it comes. It was a bad, bad game. It was a bad game. Yeah. And it was just. And we've seen Baker, like in his past, you know, try to like throw into a double coverage and throw an interception or just like make the wrong read at times. Two of these were just awful. Yeah. So, so four picks. The one at the very end was so obvious, should have been a pass right. appearance. So obvious. So I'm going to give him some leeway there. Okay. Um, but I the would fir- agree with but you. The, but the first three. I know the first one there should have been defensive holding, but if he if he could read the defense, he had a guy wide open at twenty yards on a crossing route. And instead he threw it into double coverage. And he might be able to come out and say, Well, the guy got held at fifty I'm not buying that five foot ten baker saw that hold over the line. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not buying that. And um it gave me flashbacks of when Odell was here, like that crossing route that mm. was wide open. It was that, probably Odell. That used to be Odell. <laughs> yeah. When he, and he'd be wide open. Instead, he's watching the ball go over his head into double coverage and getting picked off. So some people are letting him off the hook there. I'm not because if the ball goes to the right place, he that guy's still running right now. When we had to, he's still going. He ran from Wisconsin back to Cleveland because <laughs> there was nobody around him. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. So I think the biggest thing that I kind of saw in that play and just like some different replays that I've seen. Cause you know, everywhere you've seen after this game, 
the one the Browns are one of the most talked about teams in the NFL. Oh yeah, because everybody loves either hating on the Browns or like whenever when they're playing good, everybody's like, oh, you know, they're Super Bowl contender. Um, and in on that play, you know, you had a couple of different things get broken down. One, you had some people saying, oh, look, there was a penalty here, and one Baker threw that ball, and you know, if there's a flag thrown, I mean, you would if he would have saw it because. It wasn't like he threw a 20-yard pass and he saw it at 15 yards and he threw it to him quick. I mean, it was a bomb 40 yards down the field. He saw it at 10 yards and then waited another three seconds to throw it. (laughs) I think, personally, what happened on that play, if Baker was being truly honest, is the safety who was following one of the crossing routes across the field then broke off and went with the deep guy. I think Baker had no idea that that safety jumped that route and got on top of the wide receiver. I think he thought he had one-on-one coverage with DPJ, had the cornerback beat. It was the safety who was over the top that was in perfect position to make the interception. I think Baker just had no idea that that guy dropped back and was there. I I totally agree. Totally 100% agree. Um and it was like he threw the pick and he was mad. And then somebody was like, hey, there should have been holding. And he was like, wait, yeah, there was holding. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Right. You saw his reaction. Right. Um, so that was that. Was that. I heard some people, too, like, because the refs were bad in this game. Wyatt Teller getting called for a false start. I went back and watched that play so many times. I cannot figure out who they called false start on on the Browns. Yeah, because it play. wasn't him. It was not. It was. Oh, I it could was not nobody. figure it out. It shouldn't have been on us at all. It should have been offsides on their defensive linemen. Yes, and I know the play was like, I forget what it was. It wasn't like it was going to give us the first down. I think it might have been like a third and 17 or something. Yeah, it was was a fourth down. It might have been a fourth down. It was because we were going to go for it. We were going to go for it. It was was fourth and 22, I think. Yeah. Okay. And they said, because the announcers were like, oh, I guess that five yards just uh, changed the mind. Right. Right. (laughs) It's like fourth and 27. Yeah. So I, I, I have no idea. And in my head, there's other quarterbacks in this league that thrive on they get that offsides and then they blow the play dead and then i was like oh they blow they at least we're gonna get five no and then they called it on us i couldn't believe especially with like the sky judge now that was like hey no that was offsides clearly on the other team i went back and i watched on my phone i kept rewinding it like well maybe i'm just not seeing something and i kept like slowed the playback (laughs) there's nobody (laughs) nobody and then one thing it kind of i've heard some people saying they're mad that stefanski like doesn't blow up on the officials right and i'm like the same people who were praising him because he never gets too high or never gets too low last year now want him to berate. That's not who he is. Yeah, if you, you, you want to love him for it for one thing, and then the next day want him to be cussing out the officials. Yeah, and I think that you know, there's obviously there's kind of both sides to that. Me personally, I'd like to see my coach get a little bit fired up, like. We've seen Mike Tomlin and like throughout because we play him, you know, Sean twice Pate, a year. Uh, those uh, guys, those type of coaches, they get fired up and they let the official know. Matt Nagy almost got kicked out of the game. Yeah, like <laughs> when they've made a mistake, and sometimes that works to your benefit. But like Blake said, I just don't think Stefanski is that type of guy. And we applauded him for it last year because it the team followed suit and they, we kept winning all these close games and it was like, they're taking on the mentality of their coach. They're always just, you know, the next play, the next play, the next play. And now there's people mad that he doesn't break. Come on guys. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, And and it's not like if you, it's not like this is high school basketball where it's like you get on the official and then you get the foul call the next time down the floor. (laughs) Right. If anything, they're going to go the opposite way and just swallow the whistle even more. Right. Um, You know, just another perspective on it too. Like, what 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 good's it gonna do for Stefanski to get all upset with the refs? Because I, I imagine at some and somewhere in his mind he thinks the refs shouldn't be affecting the outcome of my game anyway. We should not be in this position. Okay. And that's where I was at the whole game. Like, okay, yeah, the refereeing was terrible, it was awful. But it was just like in the Chargers game earlier in the year, you know, when Mike Williams was holding the jersey right. of um And they called it on whoever us. <laughs> I forget who the receiver was. I think it was DPJ. Was it DPJ? Yeah. And and they called it on us. Yeah. And it was like, well, that just, you know, totally ruined that drive. It's like, well, that but that's one play. It shouldn't have mattered. Or, or we should be able to overcome that. We shouldn't put ourselves in a situation where a bad call here and there derails the game for us. Correct. Right. It, and that comes down to having to be with Baker. Everything ha- we have to coach perfect, play per- perfect, 
That almost never if, – if every coach coached perfect, every player did their perfect job on every play, and every, it was just a picture-perfect play every time, <laughs> the world would explode. Nobody would lose. Because it would be an immovable object against a mo- an immovable force or whatever that – and nothing yeah, right, would ever right. happen in football. That doesn't happen. Correct. So – you got to be able to overcome some of that stuff. It shouldn't, your game shouldn't make or break on that. So, you know, for the people that want to defend, you know, okay, the last interception, I'll give you, that was a terrible call. He was getting interfered right, cause, with. Yeah, if he, if, if he doesn't do that, and, and DPJ I, at least has got his hands on the ball. And yeah. I'm totally with you with what you said about, okay, yeah, there was, you know, the holding on the first, first one, but he still made a bad throw. Yeah. Um, what about the one that hit the guy in the chest and he just dropped it? <laughs> right. I mean, and I'm not talking about at the end of the game, like earlier in the four or the, yeah, in the second half. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, it was, it was a clean pick. The guy just dropped the ball. Baker gets the benefit of that a lot. And people say like our receivers drop passes. Well, it's kind of because Baker has one speed on his throw and we're kind of lucky. Yes. Else he'd have 10 more picks this year. <laughs> I think some right. of these DBs get hit in the hands or the chest with a pass. And they're like, Oh, I didn't know he's going to throw it to me. Correct. Right. Like at a hundred miles per hour. Yeah, that's why, right. that's why they're right. playing defense and not <laughs> yeah. offense yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Cause there was another one. I mean, I think I know which one you're talking about. And it was one of their cornerbacks dropped. I mean, perfect pass right to him mm-hmm. and he dropped it. And then there was another one where one of their defense alignment played the screen really well. <laughs> and like step back and Baker threw it right at, at him of, at the end of the game, right before he threw the oh, yeah, like we're threw it right at yeah. threw it right at him. I mean, it was set up nice too. That guy, that guy could have picked that, and that's a pick. And he's gone. Yep. If he scores, Baker would probably try to like jump into him, spear and break his neck. <laughs> Hit him with that left shoulder. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we've touched on two of the interceptions. The other two, no excuses for. The throw yeah. to Jarvis. Oh, my God, dude. that That is not. <laughs> it almost was so bad, right? It was so bad, and it was just, it was like a Lamar Jackson duck type of a throw that we've seen, and we've like, ah, oh, Lamar can't throw. It looked like one of those throws where it was like, ah, well, had to be tipped at the line. Ah, oh, that's it. Somebody yeah. down there. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like just seeing it come out of his hand was like almost the motion of the ball just looked like it had to have been tipped. And then you see it, nobody even close. Nope. It was so bad. I mean, I, I remember too, I was watching and I, and I just, this guy. Yeah. I just, I just looked. And Jarvis is wide open. Yeah. And I think it might have been on a third down. I want to say it was on a third down. I know I'd have to go back. I had to pull it up and look. Um, but, it, I mean, huge play in the game because we were in field goal range. Yeah. Now, another thing. Nagar have made it. Yeah, <laughs> another thing that we'd have to get to. But I'm pretty sure that it was in uh, field goal range to where we were going to be able to at least put points on the board yeah. when we needed to. Um, and then the third one. <sighs> Which one was the third one? There <laughs> okay, so so I, yeah, I have trouble remember. too remembering them. There were so many. To so pick on from. that play, it was third and nineteen, and Jarvis was near the first down. I don't know if we'd have got it, but we were on the twenty-four, so we were looking at a forty-yard field goal. If even if Jarvis doesn't, ca- if Jarvis catches it, we're probably going for it for like fourth and three at the ten-yard line. Correct, something like that. And then the third interception was on like our last real drive before halftime. And it was the one where uh, he was looking for Jarvis again on a deep pass. Oh, down the sideline. Yeah, and he just line. like threw it. And, yeah. and here's the thing, too, where we've, t- I've, we've talked about this in the Patreon group a little bit. A lot of people are saying Baker is going to be back next year just because of we picked up his fifth-year option. Stefanski came out after the game and said there is some miscommunication there, but he, he thinks Baker probably uh, knows he should have just thrown that one away. I don't. I think there's disconnect behind the scenes. I really don't think those two click. That just didn't seem like it, a. That didn't seem like a Stefanski thing. That didn't seem like something he would have said last year about Baker. It's so crazy because I don't know. That's my biggest thing. Is like we just don't know, and I feel like as a, as the fan base and like we're a year into this. It's not like all oh, Baker struggled the last couple of weeks and everybody's like trying to figure everything out. I honestly don't know if the Browns want him to be the guy or they don't want him to be the guy. Like, do they care about the injury or they're just like, ah, you know, he's injured this year. We'll evaluate him next year. We got plenty of time, you know, on our hand. Like, is that with their mindset? Because I really don't, I honestly don't know the answer to that. The fact, when people are saying 
you know, they keep putting him out there. The fact that they keep putting him out there to me tells me the injury is not that big of a deal. The, because here's the thing, whether they like him or not, they're not, they're not, um, going to ruin his life. Yeah, right. They're not going to ruin, you know, they're not going <laughs> to put him in danger. You know right. what I mean? Any more than what football is. Um, and it tells me he's making the throws in practice and stuff like that. And, I just, I just think there's a disconnect behind the scenes. I don't think he's Stefanski's guy. I, on, I don't even know if he's Andrew Barry's guy. And they didn't draft him. Mm-mm. So this, this, th- this thought that he's just automatically going to be back because we picked up his option, I think that was like, a, hey, we picked up your option. Go have a good season. We'll talk extension. But um, Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, that interesting thing. So obviously, if we bring ba- – we obviously are bringing Baker back. For his, and we're on the hook, you know, for his eighteen million. That doesn't mean that we have to. We'd we'd either have to cut him uh, or keep him. him as a backup and just not start him. And well, so be it. You're on the roster for the year, or he asks for a trade and we trade him to somebody and get a super late round pick or some practice squad player for him. I think if you're trading Baker, you're getting more in a late late round. You think? After this year? Yes, because look at look at what Sam Darnold did looking like total dog crap the last couple of years. True. And the and they Panthers got, and they still what, took a swing at him. They got a fourth or a third or a third and a fourth. But I think that there's like a that. lot of yeah, people, like that. though, that if, in Sam Darnold's defense thought, oh, it's Adam Gase, it's Adam Gase, True. it's Adam Gase. True. A lot of people Where Baker's this. coming from. It's a, Baker. A QB. Yeah, but people system. might look at it and say, oh, it's Cleveland, it's Cleveland, it's right. Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, you know, I and honestly, know. they could. I mean, I, I know that we're like super optimistic about everything, but from the outside looking in, people are probably like stupid Browns fans thought that they were going to be something. <laughs> Can't they remember they only won a game like three years ago? They were awful type uh, of a thing. Um, but I, yeah, I think with the Baker, it's, it's one of those things. So it, I think it was Dan Orlovsky. He's all he's been a Baker guy all year long, and I think even since he came in, like he's been a Baker defender. He was on, um, I think it was the Pat McAfee show that I saw a clip that he was on there and called in, and he said that any other QB on the Browns roster would have won that game. Is in his eyes how he felt. Who said that? that? Dan Orlovsky. So, and, and Dan is a huge yeah. Baker guy, has been since day one. Yeah, so he's saying that. Now, he says, he said in there, I'm still a Baker guy. I still believe in Baker. He thinks that the injury isn't causing him to make as many mistakes as he is. He says Baker has to be better, but he thinks the injury has something to do with it. And he said in that that he even doesn't know. if It's, it's going to be up to the organization. We're going to find out. Are they really with Baker? We'll see going into next year because they've already picked up their option. So he was kind of in that same boat of like, we're going to find out who, based on who they bring in. Do they just draft some rookie in the draft that we've talked about, you know, isn't great. There, This isn't the QB, like to go look for your franchise QB for the next 15 years. This isn't that draft. Mm-hmm. So if they go that route and they don't bring anybody else in, Baker's our guy next year type of a thing. but Or if they're aggressive and they go get a throw out his name because Blake loves him, Gardner Minshew type of a guy, you know, and bring him in, makes you think, okay, this is, you know, really up for grabs. They're not sold on Baker. So, I mean, it's we're all going to see. Um, obviously, Baker can kind of, as bad as the year has been, if he comes out and balls out in the last two games and the Browns somehow make the playoffs and he ends the season playing well, that taste in everybody's mouth is going to be a little bit different than it was, you know, this week. Uh, yeah. If we somehow win the division, the problem is, is if we somehow, if we win, don't win the division, if we, even if we, uh, okay. And me saying that, even if we win the division, there's still, there's so still many problems. Question marks. Yes. Yeah. There's still problems, but if he comes out and let's say he th- throws for 300 yards in these la- averages, 300 yards these last two games is thrown at 75% and six touchdowns and no interceptions, people are going to be like, ah, oh, that's the Baker, you know, we saw last year. And, and people are going to be at least optimistic about it. You know, you know what's crazy to me too is I was thinking about this this weekend. Baker's struggling two games against the Ravens, okay? Joe Burrow 
Lights up the Ravens. <laughs> he, he threw for half a thousand yeah. Yeah. this Sunday. In two games against the Ravens, he has almost a third amount of the yards that Baker has for the whole season. Mm-hmm. Right. In now, two games against the Ravens. Now, how did you guys... Okay, so qu- a little bit off topic, because, but it kind of, in division. How did you guys feel about like everything that kind of came out after that game? About their defensive coordinator saying they weren't going to buy a gold jacket for him yet and stuff like okay, that? Okay, so that kind of started it. But the fact of... It was the fourth quarter. They're up by fifty, and they're 50. and they're th- and they're still throwing the ball. And I mean, they and Joe Burrow and them came out and said, "Ah, no sympathy for him. Don't care that they have pra- that we're up big. We're we keep playing till well, the end." They said they did it to us last year, right? So, it, I, and I definitely don't have sympathy because the Ravens were winning a game earlier this year, and instead of taking a knee, they ran a play with Lamar to get their record. Right. So it couldn't have happened to That's a better right. franchise. Yeah, I, I just I thought I I personally liked it because you're in the NFL. This is a professional sport. If you don't want me to, if you don't want me to throw on you, stop me. I've seen Tom Brady still out there when they're up like 180. Yeah. So, when But yeah, so I, I liked it though and I liked that yeah, I saw the Jamar Chase like in the locker room like not going to double team who and then he was like going over to T Higgins like well, what would you have today? He's like buck 79 and two TDs. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was nice. Uh yeah, so oh, man. Um one of the teams we got to beat then a year, but I know. we've had their number f- don't know why. Call me crazy, but I have faith in our defense. Oh yeah, well it was cuz our defense has sh- shown us that they can do it we talked about this on after hours last week i think you had to bring joe woods back now yeah i think he's done enough we haven't given and up more than like 20 24 is the most we've given up in a long time and that was that was three turnovers that was to the packers who were heavily aided by our quarterback <laughs> right yeah. and it was we still had guys that it kind of gets lost in you know this game because there's so many other things we still had a guy a lot of guys out with covid yeah like not huge numbers, but like big name type guys. Clowney's a big loss. Yeah, I mean, Clowney hasn't played well, but like even like a Mac Wilson and just some of the guys that are usually on the field for us that produce, we're out. Yeah. So, I mean, John Johnson, we didn't have him. So, it's... If I go look at this real quick, we haven't... We gave up 24 to the Packers. That's the most points we've given up. And it was 22 to the Ravens because I think we... It was 24-22 that we beat yeah. the Ravens. We lost. We gave up 24 to the Packers, and that's the most we've given up since the Patriots, and that was 45. If you go past that, we haven't given up. The last time we gave up above 24 was the Cardinals and the Patriots. So we've only given – I mean, Cardinals was early. Yeah, that was early on. It was, what, week like four or five, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was super early. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. In our last 10 games, we've only given up uh, 24 or more twice. Yeah, I mean, Joe Woods has definitely done a better job on the defensive end. Now, there's still some things that we could obviously, I think, do better. I yeah. still don't think we get enough pressure on the quarterback 100% ever. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there, and whether that's the talent that we have Obviously, Miles, but he gets double teamed a lot. I don't know if you listened to the show last week, but we said that Miles has not lived up to what he needs to be doing. Oh, no, I I agree. I don't think that he has either. And for people that like kind of said that we were crazy for thinking TJ, we'd take TJ Watt over Miles Garrett in a heartbeat. You're crazy oh. for not. I mean, TJ Watt gets triple teamed almost on every single play by he gets like the guard and the tackle and either a tight end or a running back chips him. And he still gets to the quarterback. Still leads the league in sacks, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. We said Miles coming into this game, he had, and now still he has 15 sacks on the season, five in one game. Yeah. So that means he has 10 in now his other 14 games. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's still our best guy when it comes to on the line, but you could argue that like somebody like Clowney isn't too far off and the pay difference is like, hundreds of millions of dollars it seems like so i i agree i don't think that garrett has i said if lived get, up to it you get your one sack per game that's great what'd you do the other 50 plays right <laughs> yeah well and it, and he has it, seven tackles the last three games mm-hmm. yeah and and it is noticeable we saw it last year and then it was like oh it was covid you know that he was struggling coming back from covid where we were like 
where's Miles at? Where's my? And yeah. you shouldn't have to think that about your best player. You know, when I watch a Dallas Cowboys game, I'm never like, oh, where's Micah Parsons? Haven't oh, seen yeah, him. right. And he's a rookie. <laughs> yeah. Like, haven't seen him in a while. Or where's Joey Bosa at? Haven't where's heard Aaron his Don- name. Where's uh, Aaron Donald? Yeah. <laughs> haven't heard his name in a while oh, since last play. <laughs> Which I, I saw, play, I was watching the red zone this week, and he almost took a handoff in the backfield. That dude plays on the interior. <laughs> and so he's got, he's getting triple teamed. Yeah. And he, he has more of an impact on a play-per-play basis than Miles does. Yep. And when Khalil Mack was at the height, or Von Miller, you never wondered where they were. Right. Even if they weren't getting sacks, you felt them every every play. It was like, he's this far away from just changing this game. You know it's about to happen. Miles disappears for quarters, sometimes games at a time. Yeah. So he is, in my opinion, an elite athlete. Is he an elite edge rusher? I don't know if he's an elite edge rusher. He's an above average, very good pass rusher. I don't know if he's elite. Right. No, I I would agree. I think the elite, there's like five or six in that class, and I don't know if he's in that class. And he can't have the excuse of being young anymore. No, he's been been doing this. He's on his second contract. Yeah, Yeah. he can't. go. A big one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think that obviously our defense, like we said, is tremendously improved. But there's still things that could be better. Yes. You know, whether it's coverage at times or game planning for the other team's best player at times, where it right. just like the whole Devontae Adams thing just was mind blowing in the first half yeah. to me. Yeah. And I, it, you're right. There's definitely things that the defense could, you know, work on and, and right. clean up a little bit. But at the same time, they're playing game winning football. Yes. I, I mean, a good, good teams with that kind of defense win games. Yeah. No question. And what was this stat I saw the other day? It said that the Browns have played 10 games this season that have been decided by seven points or less. And we're four and six in those games. So if we even win half of those games that we lost, so instead of being four and six, we'd be what? Seven and three. We would be 10 and five. Is that right? Am I doing my math right on the year? Yeah, I think. That's Uh, first place in the division. Yeah. And it's not that far out of the realm of possibility, you know, like I know we were Raiders. super, yeah, we're like super down obviously because of like, we expected so much, we expected to be there and be like, oh, we could have had a couple more and we're sitting at 10 and five and you know, we'd all be like looking ahead and now we're like, well, we need some help. We got to have this team and this team win. And, but there's so many games where we just haven't been in that position. I feel like in a long time of like having to have that perfect fourth quarter or that, you know, no turnovers in this offensive game and you win type of a thing. And it sucks. You know, it drives me crazy too, which I, we're going to get to a voicemail here in a second, but people who say it takes a long time to turn around your crap franchise. And like, that's part of their reason why they're mad that like we get down on Baker, the Bengals drafted Joe Burrow showed promise last year till he got hurt. He comes back this year healthy. They're in first place in the division with two weeks to go. It does not take years to turn your franchise around. It takes one good pick, one good guy. Mm-hmm. So, because once you get that one that one position done, once quarterback is figured out, everything else becomes a luxury. I mean, hey, they had T. Higgins last year as a rookie who was showing like, hey, this could be a number one receiver on the team. They turn around and draft Jamar Chase this year. Yeah, now they have because they don't have to worry about their quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this last week I'll read before we go to the voicemail said first it was the Hugh Haley Hugh Jackson Haley and Todd Haley's fault then it was Freddie Kitchens fault then it was the narrative that OBJ was hurting the Browns and made Baker a worse player now it's Stefanski and the play calling come on it, it, there's one common denominator here yeah I, <laughs> I can understand back when we had like one excuse and then maybe we had a second one but then as more and more excuses start being made you're right you do have to step back and say okay hang on a second we're continually making new excuses for the same problem baker mayfield's like the taylor swift of the football <laughs> world you know she keeps writing all these songs about yeah, all these it's guys never her who are scumbags and yeah. then eventually you're like wait Maybe you're the problem. <laughs> it, that's what that's Baker Mayfield. 
Um, oh, man. Well, we do have a voicemail we want to get to from one of our Patreon members. Before we do that, though, uh, I want to remind you guys to check out Symbol. Head to dogs.symbol.app. Uh, new website for them. Take you straight to the page that explains how to use our promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S. You're going to use that promo code, create your account on the website. It's going to give you 10 free dollars, plus whatever you deposit into your account is 100% refundable up to $500 for the first 90 days. So if you put in 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, you play the stock market, you're not enjoying it, you lose all your money, one thing or another, just reach out to Symbol, they'll send you all your money back. It's 100% risk-free. Jump on there, buy shares of stock in different teams. As their their price goes up, you're going to make more money. You want to buy low, sell high, do your research. It's a fun way to make some money. Um, basically just paying attention to sports, which you guys all do anyways. Also, every time they win, however many shares you have of that team, you get an instant cash payout. So if you own 100 shares of the Browns, it's 100 cash payouts on that one win. So depending on how many, how much you have of a certain team, um, you can win money every week just off them getting wins. How would you have liked to bought Cavalier stock at the beginning of the season? Oh man, that's yeah. a good. Example, do you know where they were at the beginning? I don't know where they were at the beginning. I had, be if I had to, to guess, Cavalier stock would have been insanely Super low. cheap. Yeah, and now, I mean, it's going to be slow. And as the season goes on, and we keep winning, mm-hmm. knock on wood, it's going to skyrocket. Especially if we make the playoffs. Man, if, if you guys are Cavs fans, go watch the Cavs. They're super fun to watch. Or just NBA fans. Well, yeah, yeah. Watch, <laughs> watch the Cavs. But I mean, if you're NBA fans, go play symbol. Yeah, yeah. They got NBA, NCAA, NFL. Obviously, we're partial to the NFL here, but they got all the sports you could ever imagine. The Dogs. App. Check it out. Uh, the stock market for sports. Promo code Dogs. D A W G S. And football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat right there, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If the sportsbook is not yet available in your state, you can still get in on the NFL action. If you're like me and uh, you are in absolutely no championships in fantasy football this year, I still play fantasy every week on the uh, DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports app. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long. You can play into the playoffs, Super Bowl, Pro Bowl stuff. It's awesome. I love DraftKings uh, Daily Fantasy, so check that out. They're giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with your first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score using promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 100GAMBLER. All right, so we got a voicemail we want to get into. Uh, Patreon member Derek Frisbee, if you're a fan of him, check him out on YouTube, DF Sports. Yep. Uh, he sent this in a couple of weeks ago about Baker. What's up, guys? I just wanted to share a couple of thoughts on the whole Baker conversation from last episode or a couple episodes ago, whenever it was. Blake, you know you're my guy, but you might not like me on this one. I don't know. We'll see. But listen, I think that Baker has NFL starting quarterback talent i think his arm strength and his accuracy even though it's been a little bit shoddy recently i think when he's at his best he's definitely an nfl starting quarterback my problem with baker is the mental side of thing it's what it's what's inside his head that i have a problem with i think when you look at mac jones and you ask the question why has he been so successful it's because he knows where he's supposed to go with the football he can read defenses he understands the offense I think Baker, maybe it's a product of the multiple coaches, but at this point, normally you would see that getting better with these young quarterbacks. My concern with Baker, it still seems to come back to haunt him. I don't know if it's injuries or what that makes him think different, but my problem with Baker is not his talent, it's his mind. I think mentally he is just not there, and I think that's a big problem. And the Browns, in my opinion, must go out and get a – good backup. I don't think Case Keenum is a good backup. I think you got to look at a Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, somebody like that, maybe a Taylor Heineke. You got to challenge Baker. 
I really agree with the whole mental aspect things or thing that Derek is pointing out there. I, do you guys ever feel when you're watching a Browns game like Baker Mayfield is in control of the offense? No, I've said. I feel like I feel like I was saying these things a long time ago, and you were, you were crapped on. You were for you a, were getting. A, a you were saying them, and you were getting crapped. You know, on. and um, I, I agree with him too. I've said this before that I think physically Baker has one of the better arms in the NFL. When people say he doesn't have a strong arm, they're just not paying attention he's got to be a hater yeah he's got a rocket arm yeah um i do think his size hurts him injuries are starting to pile up now he had rib problems last year was there any was there something two years ago he had Um, that thumb issue right yeah uh and then this year getting banged up small guys who get hit they tend to break easier um and i think he has a really hard time seeing passing lanes what made Drew Brees so good as he became like a master of standing on his tippy toes and somehow seeing passing lanes. You kind of noticed it with him, and I see it a lot with Russell Wilson, who's also very short. They create windows in the pocket. They kind of know where to get. Yeah, the get pocket so that- presence of those guys is elite. Yes. And That's why they go down. Those two are... I mean, Russell Wilson, I know he, ha- he struggled, but he's going to go down as one of the better quarterbacks, especially for that height yes. of all time. Yes. Not just, you know, of this decade of all time. And same thing with Drew Brees. And I agree that those two were a better pocket passer. And they just have, like you said, Josh, that presence in the pocket that where we like Baker, we're like, you got to roll him out so he can see, you know, what's open. You got to always, you know, bootlegs and play action so he can drop 10 step, 10 yards deep into the backfield to be able to see who's open. You know, I was just thinking uh, they were talking about uh, Nick Chubb and his uh, his stance in the backfield when he, you know, before they run a play. And it almost looks like he's standing straight up and he basically mm-hmm. is. Do you guys hear all them talking about that? Yep. He just puts his hand on his hands on his thighs and just stands there. Most guys kind of like bend their knees, kind of get in position. He said he likes to stand straight up because he can see over the offensive line and see the defense before the play starts. Mm-hmm. So he's even navigating the pocket. That fit, to, to fit him. Right. I, the, the, when you guys are talking about pocket presence, I think Baker, he has almost none. Yeah, you ever watch? It, it, he, it, it, he, he creates pressure a lot by he'll like roll right into somebody or run right into somebody. I, his presence is he panics. And this goes to what Derek was saying. I keep wanting to call him DF. Uh, <laughs> this goes to what Derek was saying is. He, he panics mentally. I think that's his biggest weakness. If he was better mentally, could he maybe adjust to some of this stuff? Probably. But a rocket arm, ask Jamarcus Russell what a rocket arm gets you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't really get you much. And I it's think mentally. first overall. And, and you see, you heard things from his rookie year where people were saying he's a run one read quarterback. And we, we know, and we kind of said, no, he's not. And now you're still hearing those things three, four years later. There's been almost no progression. He's actually gotten worse. Yeah, it's definitely been a roller coaster ride, right? So, like, rookie year, we were like, okay, threw a lot of interceptions, but you were like, man, it's there. If we can just eliminate the turnovers, like, you can see that, like, Baker could be the guy. Right, he had the fire, the passion, the the drive. He was making throws, but then again, we hadn't really had anybody to watch to make throws. Right, and then then next year we had the Freddie Kitchens thing. So we... We kind of gave him a pass, right? Because we were like, that you offense that offense was terrible. Okay, then we got last year, played super well, especially down the stretch. And, I mean, we talked about it early on in that season last year of, like, I think we've always called it, like, his happy feet. Or, like, he was always, you know, panicking, like you said, in the pocket. And then towards the end of the year, it was like, all right, whatever they've done, they've kind of fixed it for that nine game stretch or what it was in the second half of the year. Now this year, it's kind of reverting back to the, that those same things that we kind of questioned at the start of last year and nothing's trended forward. So now is it injury related where he's afraid of like, I can't get hit because if I get hit one more time, I'm done. He still scrambles and runs though. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's one of those things. The biggest thing that Baker, so like I've obviously followed Baker since he was in, at Oklahoma, and he's always been like that underdog, and we talk about like all that chip on the shoulder, and that's like kind of where he's always thrived, right? Because he was like counted out. 
he was a walk-on in college, and then he ended up becoming a college star. And then he's a number one draft pick, and then went to the Browns, and they're like, a not they're not a good team, and he's been this underdog like this whole time. And then last year, coming into this year, I think everybody was like, oh, Baker, you know, he's kind of like a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Can you imagine like a guy like Baker, how big his head was, you know, and ego wise, like coming into this year thinking, like I'm one of the guy, I'm the guy. This is yeah, like. Yeah. All it is is up from here, and then you come out, and the NFL doesn't work that way no. for a lot of people. You know, we've seen this in the past where a couple quarterbacks will have, like, a really good year, and then it's like, oh, well, they figured out that you can't do the exact same stuff the year before. It only works for the all-time greats. <laughs> Tom Brady's and Drew Brees and those, like, generational quarterbacks can do the same things year and year. That's how good they are. But a lot of times you got to reconfigure and – do some different things. Well, when a team figures out that all you can do is like roll out, they're going to take away the rollout. Right. Yeah. That, that's my biggest thing is in our offense and whether that's Baker or Stefanski, I'm not blaming Stefanski for this of just got to adapt. Like defenses are always going to take away what you do best. So you're going to have to get better at what you're not good at. And he's not. Right. So and that, we haven't seen that this year. That'll bring me to the last thing I want to talk about in this episode. We didn't we didn't touch on it yet. Where do you then put the blame for the final drive in this game? Because a lot of people are talking about Stefanski. And I I just can't wrap my head around the fact that there's people who actually think Stefanski's the problem. <laughs> I cannot wrap my head around that. People want to talk about how how are you gonna throw Baker away as the first quarterback to win, yada yada yada. How are you going to throw Stefanski away? He's the first coach in my life who's ever been competent. So break it down what people are complaining about at the end of the game. They're saying we didn't run. We should have just kept running the ball every play of the last drive. So how? remind me, because I don't remember exactly how much time was on the clock when we had the ball. I don't know. Okay. I don't I'll remember exactly. Because I, for me, okay, so I, let me just preface this and say I never said that Stefanski was the problem in any of this, mm-hmm. but it did kind of strike me as odd, just like last week. I, you know, looking back against the Raiders, we ran the ball when we needed a first down when we couldn't run the ball all night. This week, we threw the ball when we needed to move the ball when we couldn't throw the ball all night. We were running it. You know, Chubb had over seven yards of carry. Yeah. So we had the ball there in the fourth quarter at the at the fifty yard line. One minute left. All three timeouts. Three timeouts. And we went. First and ten pass to Njoku. Should have been. Should have been caught. Now you say it was or only. Not should have been caught. Should have been a completed pass. And it was only a minute left, right? There was a minute left. Okay. I thought okay. it was that play, that play took six seconds off the clock. Incomplete pass. Second and ten. Looking for Dearness Johnson. On a screen. On the screen. Found the D lineman right, right in the chest. Threw right to a D lineman. Incomplete pass. And then obviously we know what happened on third and ten. He threw a pick. So here's my here's my thing. You're not going to just run run the ball and chew clock so Chris Nagar can kick a 50-yard field goal. One, he had already missed one. Two, he's your practice squad kicker who doesn't have any game action except for the other field goal he missed earlier in this game. Mm-hmm. I think the plan is he calls that play for Njoku on first down. If he catches that, or he didn't drop it, if Baker can just make a standard basic NFL throw <laughs> and hits Njoku anywhere yeah. that he can catch it. It is Brown's ball at like the 20 yard line or something like that. Now I still think you're trying to score, but now you can get more conservative in your play calling as far as, well, we'll run the ball. And if we don't break it for a touchdown, now this is at least a chip shot field goal. And you, you should be able to rely. It doesn't matter if he's a practice squad guy, if he's your kicker, I mean, come on, a kicker's a kicker. You should be able to make your chip shot field goals. Yes. Like, like you're saying. And, um, so, but then he, he, he misses that one completely. So now it's second and 10. So he's like, we can either run the ball, but if I don't get anything here, it's third and 10 now. So I'm going to call a, essentially a run play. It's an extension of the run game the, is the screenplay and it's set up perfectly. Oh, perfectly. We, I mean, you're getting a first down. Yes. If he completes that. And yeah. he throws it right to the Packers defensive lineman almost pick six mm-hmm. literally throws it right to him. You're definitely not running it on third and 10, right? If he runs it on third and 10 and we don't get it, 
Could you imagine the storm that would be coming down? So then he calls another pass that is wide open. So how are you going to blame Stefanski when he called essentially three perfect plays? He called a play that had a wide open in Joku, a screen pass that was set up perfectly wide open, and then another play that was wide open for Donovan Peoples-Jones. So for me, whenever I hear these other fans and people saying, like, should have run the ball, gotten close enough to kick a field goal, and you're saying, why would you – why would you want to put all that pressure and put the game in your practice squad kicker's hands? What does that say that the fans are saying, just run the ball and get close enough. We trust our practice squad kicker more than we trust our first round quarterback. Those fans are the same ones who are going to yell at me for dissing on Baker. I know, but, but they, but did, they but don't they realize wanted what us to take the ball out of his hand. That's what I'm saying. Game. They don't realize that they're even saying without realizing it, that they don't trust him. Yeah. Like, and people are like, well, why would you, you're, you're the same people telling me that he's the guy. So you yeah. don't want him making that throw? And and you're right. I mean, it's not like Stefanski drew up three stupid bonehead pass plays that were just like, why would you call that? They were I all mean, wide open. Yeah. All they needed to do was be executed. Yes, they were wide open. That okay, so, and I, man, that's going to really bug me. I was over here and I'm trying, as I'm listening to you guys, I'm trying to find the picture, right, of that play. So on that play, I can't remember the wide receivers. One probably had to be Jarvis, and it was either DPJ or Higgins, I'm sure. Um, which Higgins finally like came out of nowhere and I thought actually had a decent game mm-hmm. of making rely you know, like old reliable, old faithful of making some big catches and big spots. Um, but on that play with Njoku where we threw it to him on the sideline, he was going out and then what like kind of went out fifteen yards or whatever it was and then just went straight for the sideline. We actually had two other wide receivers running the same they ran the same route they ran like 10 yards and then went to the middle of the field both of them wide open on the play wide open like the easier throw and everything so if i find that picture and show it to you guys you're going to be it's crazy that i'm pretty sure it was jarvis that was open in the middle of the field that would have been open and probably runs for 15 yards after the catch Yeah, that's what i'm talking about so yes could we have possibly but you're not calling at the same time like this guy's supposed to be your franchise quarterback. People are yelling and screaming that he's a franchise quarterback. So you, my plate caller should be able to call any play in his playbook and trust that his number one overall pick quarterback can go out and make what is a standard NFL throw. I mean, that throw to Njoku, ugh, that was bad. <laughs> my God, that was bad. I found it. I found it. So I'm just going to show you uh, – Jarvis over the middle of the field there. That's just wide open right in the middle of the field. And he's looking at him. <laughs> I mean, when you see that picture and like, so because it was like people want to that want to say that about Stefanski and on that play, it's a genius play call that you have two wide receivers that are trailing each other. So you can see like Jarvis. Yeah, and he then, could hit DPJ here too. Because yes, the, that's uh, coming right behind him, the right? Safety's on running with Jarvis. Yeah, the, so, so the corner's trying to turn and run with DPG's open too. So you had two guys in the middle of the field just standing there. I mean, huh. that if they throw that, what, what's that put the ball? Probably at the 45 when they catch it? Something like that, 45? Oh, if he hits Jarvis and Stride, he's running. And he's probably getting what? Would you say like a 25-yard gain at least before somebody's tackling him? Yes. And, we're, and you call a timeout, you're looking at you probably – Play was ran with like a minute left, so you're looking at having 45, you know, 42 seconds by the Ball time you call 20. a timeout. Man, what kind of position you, I mean, all of a sudden Green Bay's thinking, well, we're going to have to start calling our timeouts. Right. In that scenario. Right. So I, it's crazy when you look at things like that. And that's the thing too. If, if we just start running the ball and say they stuff it, and we have to settle for that long field goal, and they start popping timeouts. Then we they only get ran the ball, the ball and Aaron Rodgers the... is known for going down yes. and getting a field goal. Give Aaron Rodgers 30 seconds. I mean, it, we let yeah. Derek Carr do it. Yeah, you can't You can't blame Stephane. He literally schemed a play with three wide-open people. No, I, I, I guess I understand the, well, why didn't we just try to run it there mentality? I get that, but it, it does make sense why we did. It makes clear sense why we did not. And it, it's not, like like we said, it didn't call stupid plays. No, I just mean, be good. Just yeah, just be a little bit good. Yeah. So I mean, he's twenty thir- fifth in QBR. He's got fifteen touchdowns, eleven picks. He only has two thousand eight hundred twenty five yards on the season. Hmm. I mean, there's a chance he's probably going to end this season at like thirty one hundred, maybe. 
unless he goes crazy in one of these games. 3,100 in the year 2021 in the NFL. Yeah. Missing two games. Yeah. Taking him missing one, one game. Yeah. One game because of. There's an extra there's game. There's an extra game. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is it is crazy. I mean, I think everybody, if you're a Browns fan and you think that Baker doesn't need to play better, you can, you know, be a Baker guy and still, you can be on Baker's side and still think you got to play better. So you gave the stat before the show. We'll just leave everybody on a high note. Yeah. When was the last time that a Browns quarterback threw four picks in a game? Oh, let me read these quarterbacks real quick. We'll end the show on this. Something for you guys to sleep on. <laughs> so QBs to start for the Browns since 2013. Baker, Brian Hoyer, Deshaun Kaiser, Josh McCown, Jason Campbell, Johnny Manziel, Brandon Whedon, Cody Kessler, Robert Griffin, Tyrod Taylor, Austin Davis, Case Keenum, Kevin Hogan, Connor Shaw, Nick Mullins. All those guys have started games for the Browns since 2013. This is the list of the quarterbacks who have thrown four interceptions for the Browns in that time span. Baker Mayfield. And who was <laughs> so the the a name on that list was the last person on the Browns to throw four interceptions in a game, and it was back in 2012. Do you know which which guy it was? Was it who? Brandon Whedon. It was Brandon Whedon. Yeah. Nice. So high note. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up because I could all this I could go off on a tangent now and I'm not going to. And we probably will in the after hours. So, so if you're not in the after hours, make sure you check Come it on, out. It's subscribe. Come on, it's not that much. Come on, you spend more every yeah, month on know. coffee. Spend more every day on coffee. For yeah. sure. It's a ton of fun too, guys. I'm not just lying. Uh, <laughs> it really is. So check it out. Uh, so we're going to wrap this thing up. Thanks for checking out another episode. Browns somehow still alive in this thing. Make sure you guys check out uh, our preview episode for the Steelers game, the biggest Steelers game of Baker's life, possibly coming up this coming Monday. Um, hopefully you guys subscribe to the Patreon. Check us out on After Hours. Let us know what you think in the comments and uh, we'll see you guys on a few days thanks for listening to another episode of the dogs podcast make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel and follow us on twitter at the dogs podcast and become an official dog pack member and join the dogs.com